Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of China Manufacturing Decoded. And this week, we're not really talking about manufacturing, uh, but more about how to send all these products to the market, right? So we're going to talk about uh, freight forwarding and specifically about technology and innovation in that space. And today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Amit Rosenthal who's been working in the logistics uh, industry for about 15 years and has some interesting perspective to share about what some leading edge freight forwarders do when using technology. Hi, how are you doing, Amit? Is, is that a proper introduction? Maybe do you want to say a few things about, about, about yourself and your company? Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a good introduction. I will add some few points here. So... I'm 42 years of age. Basically, I'm in the logistics. We can say it quite like basically my whole life in such a degree because my grandfather and then my father, uh, they ran like a domestic trucking company in Israel. Then on 99, my father established basically an international freight forwarding company from Israel and to Israel. So I was like like a baby. I was driving in like a truck, you know, uh, throughout Israel. So I, I'm quite familiar in the business. Uh, later on, I did some, you know, turn right in the junction and go. I study cinema. I was a video editor, but eventually I came back to the family business. And since 2011, I'm like full on in freight forwarding and logistics. And on since 2017, uh, we had like a friend of us came to us about a rumor that there is like a legit business in freight forwarding for Amazon sellers. So at that moment, I really have no idea what does it mean, who is this Amazon sellers are, uh, because again, we were focusing only on like regular, so to speak, international freight forwarding. So we started the business in, in 2017. It was grew like crazy. I believe like, you know, with the amount of new sellers trying to go in into Amazon marketplace every year. So the same, we had like a, a huge increase in the volume. And today, Probox basically focusing only in providing uh, logistics and freight forwarding services for Amazon and e-commerce sellers in general. So we're focused on that niche specific. Okay, so your is ProBox with two X for, for people who are just listening to us because we're also shooting this on video. It yeah. will be in YouTube or so. And so when you say Amazon sellers, okay, I understand it's third-party sellers or like FBA, FBM and, and these sort of things. I think most people now understand that there's a lot of companies that either sell to Amazon and then Amazon resells or Amazon just lists their products there, but doesn't even really uh, sell it or even fulfill it, right? So there's a lot of fulfillment work to be done in the background. When you say other e-commerce companies, what is that? What is the bulk of that? Is it people with a Shopify account who then have to deliver themselves? What, what, what do you see out there? Yeah, yeah, mainly Shopify. I, I can say honestly that from my experience, and again, we are like, so, you know, we don't do any drop shipment. So we like, if somebody going for Alibaba to find like a, a product in a lower cost and then resell it on Amazon, 
we will not do the fat folding on SBF. So we only working like with, uh, you know, with this amount of cargo. But for that perspective, uh, regarding your question, so for my experience, I would say that 99% of Probox clients are, first of all, Amazon sellers. Then, perhaps they are going to Shopify store, or maybe they do also a Walmart or retailer at USA. But normally, from my experience, they will start in Amazon. Normally, normally in Amazon US, US but sometimes in Canada or in Europe. Then mm. from Amazon, they will go out and try different platforms. So yeah, most of them doing Amazon and Shopify. Some of them are also doing Walmart and, and some of them. And uh, this is the less amount of people that will also do some, some uh, retailing or re mm. sell for retailers, but many, many Amazon and Shopify. Yeah, I understand. Okay, yeah, they go multi-modal. That's what they say, right? They try, uh, they try, or multi-channel, I should say. Yeah. Multi-channel. They try not to rely exclusively on Amazon over time. That makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, right okay. Right. So with that in mind, okay. Uh, so you 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 tend to 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 work with people who have an Amazon account, and then uh, people who are used, let's say, to uh, to managing everything from an online online dashboard and putting together different uh, web-based systems to, to work together and connect together, right? So that's, that's interesting. That's sort of the more forward-looking crowd. So uh, that there's probably a lot of innovation coming from this space. So you, we, we talked a little bit before the call, and, then, um, and actually you were introduced by one of our uh, clients, uh, Amanda. So uh, saying hi to, yeah. to, to her. She said that she was working with you also. So you, you mentioned that you could talk uh, Talk to us a bit about the latest technological advancements in your space, in, in, in the freight forwarding business. And again, in the perspective of working with Amazon sellers, because there's so many companies that do that, right? Right. So first of all, I have to admit that the innovation in the industry, basically booming, I think since like start of 2020, maybe end of 2022 to start of 2023, what happened was, and this is something that I noticed personally, that, you know, we can say a lot of things about Amazon, right? And about selling on Amazon or being a buyer on Amazon, but eventually Amazon provides for the sellers. This is one of the best, maybe high-tech company in the world, if not the best, right? So for me, now, if we're talking about freight forwarding, so freight forwarding is really an old-fashioned business, right? So people still using endless emails, right? Send me a request, then you got to respond like 48 hours later, and endless yes. email back and forth, the price is good, it's bad, etc., etc., etc. So to me, there was a huge gap between how like a seller operate on Amazon, getting every statistics criteria that they need, any information that can dig out from Amazon platform. And then eventually, okay, so they have a sourcing, they manufacture, they're doing PPC, everything is automated, but once they reach to a freight folder, okay, please send me an email, please send me the request. To me, it was odd, right? So I, I was always think that it's need to be a better procedure for that. And with that said, many, I don't want to say many, but there was like a new uh, innovation 
solution that some companies try, like high-tech companies try to develop for using a freight forwarding, right? So we found like a company that were, we basically integrate with them, all right? And one of like, I give you like another perspective, one of our clients, which is a big, not big, but is an US aggregator, right? He runs, I don't know, 80, 100 SKUs maybe. So he said to me, I mean, that's nice to get information by mail, right? Where is my shipment? What is the next status and so on? But it's simply getting chaotic. If you're running more than, I don't know, 20 SKUs, and if you have more than five shipments per month, it simply gets chaotic. You, he told me you should find like a solution for us, right? So then I basically started to do like a re-engineering, right? Process, think about what is necessary. And I found a software that basically make everything in one place or one control tower. So you can generate your quotes, you can track your treatment. Everything can be made automatically. And that's, in my opinion, right? And, and again, you know, if you, if you take 100% of every company, all right, every time some will, will bring like good feedback and some will bring maybe a, a bad feedback, but the majority of the client understand, right? What, how much is it, is it important to have like automatic flow and SOPs? for your freight forwarding and for your logistics process. And that is something that Probox uh, basically stand out and say, hey, guys, we built a platform. You can use the platform. I basically did like hundreds, dozens, if not hundreds of demo on the platform to explain the customers how to work on the platform, how useful is that for you, not for me, for you as a seller to have like a streamlined operation and to understand how to operate with automatically a status, quotation, and so on. And to me, again, depend on what stage of you as a seller. If you are a new seller, maybe it would be quite complex because, you know, you can always approach to your supplier by which I take, please, I have 10 boxes, send me a quotation, Okay. But if you want to be professional, if you want to work like as an experienced seller and take yourself to the next level, you have to work, in my opinion, with automatically solution for freight forwarding. You know, there is now a lot of a lot of freight forwarding customers, companies that integrate basically this streamline or different, you know, working with different software. But eventually the idea is that like you as a seller, we have like same as you work with Amazon, right? If you want to use Amazon Global Logistics, so you insert your, your data, your shipment data, you get a quotation, you confirm the quote, and then you have automatically status, what is what happened, what is the next leg, and so on. Same with my company and same with different companies. You always have to look on, on who is your competitor and match them, right? And if Amazon is the most innovative company in the world, right? And those, like my client, Amazon sellers, are using Amazon. So you have to try to match what is basically your competitor provides. And to me, giving a platform and to have like a streamline or, or seamless procedure for you as a seller, when you're talking about a freight forwarding and logistics and supply chain, was the key for you as a seller success. Yeah, I mean, I, I can totally understand why 
Amazon sellers don't want to deal with sort of old school preferred forwarding businesses that manage everything through uh, Excel and, and email and things like that, right? And, and, and there's still a lot of that in the small and medium-sized freight forwarders, uh, for sure, especially on, on the Asian side, probably. And of course, there's been uh, a number of, 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 of other companies that have invested, all the major, all the very big ones, uh, have some form of tracking, et cetera, et cetera, at least for their key accounts, right? But then for um, for an Amazon seller that is moving maybe um, half a million to to, to maybe uh, 10 or $15 million, yeah, what are the options in the mid-sized, uh, small and mid-sized freight forwarding companies, right? Maybe not so many, right? So what I'm interested in is then what, What's the benefit? I mean, from what you say, if I recap, I guess you you link in your database cost from the, from the shipping lines, from the you know air cargo and so on, so that people know okay they, they, they input exactly the 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 volumetric weight of the package and from where to where, and then they get some they get a quote. Okay, that that's that I understand. That's simple. Uh, but then after that. How do you actually track? Uh, because you, as a freight forwarder, you rely on, on, as I mentioned, shipping lines and air cargo, and then like there's uh, it goes on a on a boat, it goes on on, on a truck, it's it's held right. in customs, etc. Uh, what kind of visibility do people actually get on the status of their shipments? Right. So that's a good question. So we have to recognize one. In my opinion, it's an issue that like tracking you can like if you are let's say you are a client now and you're working with shipping line directly or with the airline directly and again the chances that an amazon seller will connect with the shipping line directly is almost zero right because you have to have at least at least 10 to 15 container per batch in order to even have like an open discussion with shipping line so most likely you will choose freight for you will work with freight forwarder. So when you're dealing with freight forwarder in that sense, basically the freight forwarder will should, okay, will and should provide you with the the shipping line and the container number, right? And then there is some uh, software that you are able to like enter the vessel name or the container number. And see when the container, the, the vessel departed from the original port and when it's arrived to destination port. But from once it reached to destination port until it reached delivery, including custom cleared, picking up from the port, domestic tracking to zip, etc., etc. Basically, it's a black box, right? You have no idea what's going on, right? So that's, in my opinion, now this is the like the biggest like or the most essential like uh, tracking that you need to get from your freight folder. So the freight folder basically is in contact with the with the the custom broker. They are connect with the trucking company. They are connect with the warehouse that need to deliver into. So basically, we now I'm talking about my company. We have some like employees in the Philippines, they're basically, all they're doing, it's like a backend tracking with those like third-party subcontractors, right? In order to provide 
with the most accurate uh, tracking system. Otherwise, you know, and this is something that it, it took me a while to explain to my workers. Eventually, if you are, if you are a buyer, all right, so let's say you're an Amazon seller, okay? So basically, we are now acting as an importer into, let's say, to the US, right? So that's really important for you to know when the goods were being picked up from your supplier, when it was departed from origin port, when it was arrived into destination port, but it's more important to you to know when it's going to be delivered, right? Because you're running campaigns, you're doing PPC, you have inventory, you need to know how maybe you need to lower the rate, maybe you need to increase the cost, the rate, right? In order to sell less or to sell more. Everything you do eventually is in order to stay in stock and to and to to manage your supply chain, right? So having so the information, yeah. then the information, okay, the estimated ETA to the fulfillment center is going to fit into the whole plan of the Amazon FBA seller, at least the professional ones, right? And what you're saying is that based on that information and what inventory they currently have in the warehouse and how much is on the water coming or in the air, then they can plan a whole lot of other things that depend on that, right? So it's really important exactly. information. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And to me, eventually, you know, that's nice to have, like, to trick from the shipping line website to track that the vessel arrived to Los Angeles for, for, for that example. But when it's going to be delivered eventually to the end destination, that's the most critical point. And for that, the, the shipping line will not provide you with that data because it doesn't relate to them. So having like a system, right? So to me, building a system with my employees that they will understand how to take this cargo once they reach to the destination port. What are the processes later on once it's been cleared, then picked up, then going to a 3PL to to dismantle and deliver per client, right? Per destination and so on. That was the most critical point. And I think that's the most, maybe the most powerful attribute a software like ours and different software should provide you as a seller to have a better control and better visibility about your freight, about the location of your freight and what's going to be eventually the delivery time to the destination. So you can... And so you can calculate and make the procedure you need in order to have the once the inventory in, so you can assess it in the best way you possible. Interesting. So and then what you just explained is basically how you are getting information by any means possible from the different third party uh, subcontractors that, that you um, assemble together, right? To provide the, the full service into one dashboard where that actually gives the Amazon seller the information of, okay, I can expect these 500 boxes to be there uh, on, uh, on, on on 28 February, right? Door to door. Okay, I understand that. Does that information then uh, get pushed easily into some of the software that the Amazon sellers are using to plan everything? Or are they using Excel mostly or... Well, how do they use that? I'm just trying to understand how they plan, how they do the overall plan. So that's a good question. You know, Amazon sellers have a lot of tools and software to manage supply chain in general. I can say that for us, like if you ask me, 
So basically, if it's going to, it's it's depend if it's going to FAP or if it's going to FBA, all right? But if it's going to FBA, mm -hmm. so I'm not sure if your listeners know the process. So in order to set appointment with Amazon, you cannot simply come to the FBA center. Hey, my name is whatever. This is the shipment. You have to apply for an appointment, all right? How do you apply for appointment? So each PO or each shipping plan and Amazon sales creating, he has a specific or unique Amazon reference and Amazon ID number, okay? So once the carrier set an appointment, all right, basically he used the Amazon reference and Amazon ID, insert it into the seller, not the seller, sorry, to the carrier, carrier central, okay? Same as the seller central, but to the carrier mm -hmm. central. Once appointment is set, the seller will see like uh, respond, hey, appointment for delivery is set for, I don't know, whenever, right? So he gets the information from Amazon and he also gets the information from us. And then he can start like working on his launching process or plan or whatever. Interesting. Okay, so if it's FBA, fulfillment by Amazon, then the most important is to uh, go and plug that into the Amazon uh, system, right? That, that's what you mean. And if it's FBM, yeah. uh, fulfillment by merchant, then different sellers will have different ways of managing that, I guess, right? Yeah. So if it's FBM, like the seller, have, like he must have like a 3PL in, in whatever country it is, right? Let's say in the U.S., so we must have like a free PL. So the inventory from our side will go to his free PL. And from his free PL, basically, the free PL should have like an IPI connect to his FBA, FBM store. And then once every like purchase basically enter in, it's automatically linked to his warehouse. And then the warehouse sent by UPS or by DHL or USPS or whatever. But from our side, as a freight forwarding doing international freight forwarding. So in, if it's do, if it's doing FBM or if a seller doing FBM, our goal is basically to deliver the goods in the most efficient way to his free PL, wherever it is. Okay. I understand. Okay. Going back to tracking containers or um, air shipments and so on. Have some of your customers or maybe your 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 firm uh, started to use these GPS trackers that you put in with the goods and then they go, they have a battery and they keep emitting, you know, where it is physically and then um, return it back to the to the factory or whatever shipper. And has that proven useful? I have to admit that I know about uh, this product. I never used this before. I think it's more like if you ask my personal opinion, it's more about retailers that like selling like each container costs, I don't know, quarter of a million or half a million dollars. So then maybe, and you are a big, big seller shipping like multiple shipments per month. Maybe then mm -hmm. like putting like a GPS, a small GPS costing 35 to $50 is, is, is legit for you. But otherwise, mm -hmm. Let's say all of the clients that we are working with doesn't doesn't request or doesn't apply for, for for such devices, but it mm -hmm. can generate. If you ask me, 
<laughs> you know, sometimes too much information is is like sometimes a lot of information is too much information, and sometimes yeah. a lot of information is good information. So I think it's really depend on the client itself. Right, 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 right. And and by the way, when you say about fifty dollars, it's the price of buying it, right? But then if you return them in a batch and then keep yeah. reusing them, it's actually a bit cheaper, right? Yeah, I, right. I heard of some companies starting to do that, but I agree that uh, the, the 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 best information is not okay. Where is it right now? The, the best information is what dates can we reliably get the goods in our hands, right? Uh, and that right. that that necessitates a bit more information and and and, uh, and planning. Remember, you know that I have to say that freight forwarding, you know, like we guess every service provider in the space. It's a lot about trust relationship, right? Between you and your clients. So mm-hmm. if your clients doesn't like trust the company that they are working with, right? And they cannot rely on a specific company. So you should work with a different company. So that's yeah, right that's for a freight forwarding, for sourcing company, whatever. So mm-hmm. in my opinion, if you ask me, if you're freight forwarder, if you are tr- if you are trusting your freight forwarder, and a freight forwarder say that hey, this shipment have I don't know the location of the shipment is whatever happened I don't know if it was custom held right by the customs if it was released if something happened upon delivery you could have some kind of trust relationship with your forwarder or whoever service provider so if your forwarder said that the shipment was delivered or it wasn't delivered or the location is whatever. So you could have some kind of trust between. Otherwise, if you don't feel the trust, so you have to search for a different company. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's the same. In, uh, not just for freight forwarders, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, every, every, so every, you, every provider, every provider company in the world. So you see these, uh, these trackers as basically a way for the customers to actually double check if what you're telling them is true more than actually casting light on situations where sometimes maybe the freight forwarder is not 100% sure. Usually right. there's no such big question about like, oh, nobody knows where the goods are, right? Yeah. Um, so it's not like um, when I put the, the air tags in, in my luggage <laughs> because I don't know if my if the airport will, will do a good job of delivering my luggage, right? Especially yeah. this, uh, this, this past year. <laughs> okay. Just... Um, one last question. I, I so you you have a blog and a website, and I had a quick look. And then, uh, one of the things you mentioned is that uh, in China, so the, there's been a an enormous number of small freight forwarders that appeared. Let's say 2020 to 2023, right? Everybody trying to get a share of the pie. Oh, the 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 rates are super high. Let's try to get some business because there's, there's a lot a lot more money now, right? And it's a mess. So we can maybe carve yeah. a little place for ourselves. And now you mentioned that you saw a lot of them going out of business and that can have a devastating effect for a customer. Can you expand a little bit on that and explain what, what you mean? Yeah, so I think you said it the best. So, you know, during pandemic, the freight level or the freight cost increased like in thousands percent right up so everybody wanted to try to enjoy the cake so to speak and many many people opened like many chinese companies like chinese businessmen decided to to open a freight forwarding company 
but what is happening basically is that freight forwarding company working basically working with the shipping line directly right so what they do they come to the shipping line right everybody trying to get a better deal right on the ocean freight which is the most significant part so only freight forwarding in the world really same if you are working in israel and approaching let me see or doesn't matter so you have to come with a contract and say okay I'm going to have this week 10 containers going from Shanghai to, I don't know, Los Angeles, okay? Or in China, let's say in China perspective, it's not 10, it's 100 or 1,000 containers per week, okay? So the shipping line would say, okay, that's nice, but in order to have a contract with a special deal, right, you you not only have to say, I'm going to have like a 1,000 containers, but you really have to buy a 1,000 containers, right? Not the containers, but the right. space for the containers. Right. So let's right. say each container, the value of the ocean freight is 10K, $10,000, right? And you, a freight forwarder, okay, let's say 100, 100 containers you need this week, okay, in order to get a special deal. So you have to put $1 million, right? So you have to put $1 million every week. But what happens if you don't have the cargo? So then basically you still have to pay to the shipping line, but instead of 100, so you only have 50 containers, right? So 50 containers, you still have to pay. So what happened was that when the ocean freight was like booming like crazy and everyone had like, everyone wanted to ship out, that was also an issue that the the demand was crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay. So everybody enjoyed the cake. But now when the, the rate freight decreased a bit and the demand decreased a lot, right? So those Chine, new Chinese, Chinese freight forwarding basically didn't have the, the cargo. So they have to pay. So they come to the shipping line and say, listen, sorry, I don't, I don't, I cannot pay you back. So they went to bankruptcy. So if you were a seller and mm. you use those companies, small, to medium-sized new freight forwarding company, and you have, and they have now like your cargo at hand, and they cannot pay the shipping line. So the shipping line said, "Okay, we hold the cargo now until you're gonna pay us." And then what happened? The cargo basically wow. disappeared, so to speak. So that that happened a lot in 2023. Yeah, right. and this is the reason also to check. Double check, triple check, and you know, you understand who is the freight forwarding you are working with? What is their history? How big they are? How many people they, you know, they know that working with? How many years are open and so on? In order to evaluate that things like that will not happen. Mm, I see, I see. Okay, so these aggressive freight forwarders are more likely to go bankrupt because they have all these big commitments and they cannot honor it and it's just too much money. It's not like what I was imagining is that they would just run out of business and then they would, you know, they can downsize but still survive. And then it's, uh, you know, they can soft, they can downsize in a soft way and maybe go out of business if they want, but it doesn't have to be very disruptive. That's what I was imagining. What you are painting is a very different picture where because yeah. they've been a bit too aggressive, they're basically forced to suddenly close shop 
And then, as you mentioned, what happens to all these containers and and and, and packages and everything? If especially with the lines, the shipping lines, uh, wow, that's a lot of products that that are shipped by container. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, scary. <laughs> scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that was uh, that was great. How can people reach out to you if they have questions, if they want to talk to you? Right. So uh, they can contact me either via our website or can contact me directly at amit, A-M-I-T, at probox.io. Maybe I will share uh, my email address. They can ask me any question related to thread forwarding, if they want to work with us or not. Uh, I think I'm quite a good advisor. I have an experience. And uh, yeah, everybody is welcome to to ask any question they needed. Great. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll include uh, uh, your website uh, in the show notes. So Amit Rosenthal, thanks a lot for joining us today. And thanks for the listeners. And uh, tune in for another episode next week, as usual. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophies Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share because it will really help others discover us too.